The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But we do have figures out today from the Society of Chartered Surveyors Ireland and what they say, what they suggest uh, uh, are that you need €105,000 combined salary of €105,000 uh, there thereabouts to buy a new three-bed house in Cork. It is higher in Dublin uh, closer to €125,000. This is for new uh, three-bed homes. Not all three-bed homes, any of them, but brand new bills. Brian McCarthy is with me here in studio, Socialist Party Councillor for Cork City North West and Seamus Coffey, former Chair of the Fiscal Advisory Council and lecturer in economics in University College Cork. Uh, you are both very welcome Brian, and what was your reaction to these figures? Uh, well, in reality, these figures aren't anything new. It's just a sharpening of the crisis. It's getting increasingly worse. Um, but it really shows that home ownership is out of reach for the majority of first-time buyers, even for middle-income workers. Um, like the, you cited the figures there between 105,000 and 125,000 between uh, Cork and Dublin uh, and combined income. We can see the results of this. Um, we have like this locked out generation um, of people my age, really, and younger uh, who can't afford uh, um, uh, home ownership, who can't see it ever uh, happening for them. As well as that, we're seeing multiple generations of the same family living under the same roof in very under, under, sorry, overcrowded conditions. People have had to move back in with their parents. They have mm. kids themselves and maybe there's grandparents there. Uh, so really, it's just underlining the fact the private market can't resolve this crisis. We see in that article that came out today, um, 70% of the houses built last year weren't even available to first-time buyers. Most of those would have been bought by uh, landlords and property developers. They were bought to rent uh, rather than uh, going to first-time buyers. So really what we need is affordable homes. The private market won't deliver on affordable homes. So what will? Uh, what we need is public housing. Uh, we need social housing. We need uh, affordable housing. Uh, huge numbers of uh, uh, huge um, areas of um, housing, public housing uh, that we have uh, in Cork. So, so uh, built by the state or built by private contractors on a not-for-profit basis, funded by the state. Well, by the preference. state. Built by the state. Directly. Directly by the state. Yes. Take the profit motive out of it altogether. Um, like even the the cost of a new build is far higher than it should be because there has to be a profit margin for all the various private actors involved. Whereas if we had a state construction company, these could be built at cost. Like uh, large areas of Knockneheny and Cork for, were built like that, for example. Seamus Coffey, I mentioned, is with us as well, lecturer in economics at UCC. Seamus, do, do these figures give you cause for concern? I don't think so, no. As Brian says, nothing surprising about the figures. Uh, we would have known that housing is expensive. I just don't think it's reflective maybe of the whole housing situation in Ireland. Like you've just picked out figures for Cork and Dublin, there is the rest of the country. Plus, when it comes to, to first-time buyers, like figures from the CSO show that in the last 12 months, there were 17,500 first-time buyers, uh, transactions that took place, and 70% of those were for existing houses. So while the, the chartered surveyors are obviously focusing on the, the cost and the prices uh, of new houses, when it comes to reality, we have a housing stock of 2 million. We don't have enough housing, but there is houses there, uh, units there. Uh, and when it comes to first-time buyers, in most cases, they're buying existing houses. Um, and the price of those, of course, varies. Uh, like if you take, for example, ju- just being here in Cork, just looking at the housing websites, you see about 240, 250 listings 
uh, for houses from all sizes, all types, all locations around the city. Mm. Where the real squeeze is, is in the rental sector. We just don't have the number of rental units available. It's renters are getting battered. Like a, a first-time buyer is obviously under pressure. It's very difficult to buy a house. It's a big decision. They're looking for the right property in the right place at the right price. It's not easy, but you only have to do it once. Whereas renters are looking at renting the whole time. Either they're moving or the mm. property is changing and the listings aren't, aren't simply there. Like if 70% of housing that were built were going to the rental sector, that's simply not true. We, the, the squeeze is at its most acute uh, for those that are renting. Like a lot of the focus seems to be on the first-time buyers, on purchasing, on owning. And that's fine as a sector. Yeah. But where the biggest problems are is for renters. Uh, do, do, you, do you take any encouragement then from the other figures that have been released today, which is around planning permission? So a 50% increase or almost 50% across the board. Over 100% increase for planning permissions for apartments and they're much more likely to end up in the rental market. If they're built. Yeah. So planning permissions are sort of yeah. like it's one stage of Commencement notices maybe are, it is, are it more is concrete. Uh, like, I think like, when you look at the number of planning permissions that have been granted in Ireland there's actually a huge number of them there. So it doesn't necessarily always feed true to, to commencements and completions and then having people living on a property. I think one issue could it do, be... It doesn't but... But the 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 rate uh, the the difference I guess between kind of applications and permissions and commencement notices. I mean, if 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 the if the if the gap is the same, then an increase in planning permissions automatically does lead to an increase. Oh, you, in commencement we would notices. hope so. Yes, and like we have seen an increase in commencements and, and like the number of housing units being built looks to be around 30,000 which is up on what it was before but still not enough like our housing stock simply hasn't kept pace with population growth the number of people coming through in their 30s and 40s the number of people coming to the country this is an attractive place to move to our housing stock simply hasn't taken there's lots of people responsible for that and maybe perhaps economists should take some of the blame you go back 15 years ago there was lots of people maybe on shows like this saying that Ireland has too many houses that we're going to spend the next 10 years knocking down houses ghost the states with the lingo and we know that within a couple years, all that proved to be uh, yeah. utterly wrong. And what we actually needed was a sustainable construction sector, which we shut down and are now struggling to get back up and running to capacity. So, well, 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 and Brian, I'm going to come back to you as well on this in a moment, but what to Brian's point about uh, the state then getting more directly involved in in shoring up that lack of supply, be it, as you say, mm-hmm. on, the, on the rental sector? Yeah, like all actors are needed. Like, so, like, if you take our housing system, uh, like, in rough terms, it has three different bits to it. Like, there's the private rental sector, there's the social public housing system, and then there's the, the ownership. Like, and all, all those sectors need additional supply. So, we need more uh, social housing. If the state wants to do that by getting people to build it and purchase them from them, use the uh, approved housing bodies, or do so directly, I'm not sure that there's much of a difference between them. I would say that the cost is pretty significant. Whether it's done privately or by the state, much of the cost remains the and that is uh, a big factor like just the construction sector as a whole it hasn't really improved uh, like with productivity like other sectors like if you take computers or cars or things we use like compare them to 30, 40 years ago mm. they're incomparable whereas we're still building houses in much the same fashion we were building 30, 40 years ago maybe some of the standards have gone up in terms of insulation and, and other requirements mm. but it is still a very labour intensive process it does take a long time and I think we need everyone to do it whether yeah. it's the private sector or the, the public sector all elements of our housing system don't have enough stock You do, and Yeah, you do see some economies are still creeping in around um, kind of prefabricated, not 
prefab units, but I mean kind of modular builds. And and uh, I know there's kind of a the development close to me, Glenveyor behind it. And most of it is actually being constructed in kind of the old Braun factory in Carlo and then coming down on the backs of lorries, you know. So it's incredible how quick that's happening. But yeah, most houses, there's still, you know, block layers. A digger turns up, then block layers turn up and then tradesmen turn up and it's the same process all these years later. Brian, um, what do you say to people who kind of on the face of it would have sympathy with your argument there might be a fellow traveller but their concern might be God this a state construction company is that just going to end up kind of a big bloated bureaucratic thing that actually will end up costing us more money and delivering less Well I think our experience during the Celtic Tiger was that these quangos can come up you can have um, these companies that are set up um in a very kind of corrupt way and there's a lot of profit again so it's how this company will be set up and there should be democratic oversight of that like it, sh- it should be a publicly owned company for um, the, the the public interest and that should full stop there shouldn't be um, there's there should be no way for this to be used as a profit making uh, mechanism uh, Give me a sense of what your constituents say to you about the rental market and the problems they have accessing affordable rental accommodation in Cork uh, well, it is a huge problem. Uh, I mean, Seamus was saying that there are a lot of issues in the rental sector. Rents are going up and up and up, um, but people's incomes aren't going up. They're stagnating at best, but they're going down in a lot of cases, even if people's wages aren't actually being cut. The cost of living is increasing. Uh, all of these things are increasing. So um, the like, even um, people who do actually have a place to rent currently are terrified, first of all, that they won't actually be able to afford uh, the rent if it keeps going up, but as well as that, now that the eviction ban has been lifted, um, thousands of eviction notices have been sent out as a result of that. Mm. Um, like renters, even I'm living in fear of getting an eviction notice myself. We don't have that. Uh, there is no security in the private rental market, and that is the issue. As long as profit is the bottom line, as long as profit is the motivation, mm. profit is going to come before everything else. Whereas what we need is a housing market to house people, not to generate profit for a small section of the population. And while we transition to that uh, model, would you be in favour of a rent freeze? Uh no, I wouldn't be in favour of a rent freeze because rents are already unaffordable. Uh, they shouldn't be kept at the level there. We need rents to be reduced. Um, freezing them at this level is just, it's not progress. It stops the mm. problem from getting worse, yes, uh, and that aspect of the problem at least, but um, it isn't going to alleviate it in any sense. We need rents to be brought down, not frozen. Uh, Seamus, without getting kind of party political, are you, are you encouraged that we have made positive progress on the housing front? You talked about conversations maybe had 15 years ago, we're going to be knocking down ghost estates. What about conversations had five or six years ago? when we first began to talk about the housing in in terms of a crisis, I mean, are we in a better place today? Oh, I think that's hard to say. Um, I I think we still have a long, long way to go. Like, even at at 30,000, like, you're barely meeting the sort of additional supply needed to keep pace with population growth. Now, mind dealing with the backlog of the last 10 or 15 years Mm. uh, when we had undersupply. So, to say we're we're making progress, we could say, yes, the number of units being built has gone up, and that is progress. Uh, But we still have a long, long way to go. Uh, and like the key issue is that we just don't have uh, enough housing units um, and if we can increase that and sort of have a better sort of turnover better capacity that will solve a lot of the problems like we didn't have 
these huge rents and these huge uh, increases in house prices back in, in 2010 to 11, 12, when the population was flat and, and not increasing and the economy was performing quite poorly. But now we're in a situation where the economy is performing pretty well and the population is growing and we need our housing stock to keep pace with that and it simply hasn't done so. Like, why are our renters um, living in fear of getting an eviction notice? Because there's nowhere else to go. Uh, and that is a huge problem. Like, if we had the turnover, had the stock, uh, that fear wouldn't be as large. And, and so, some of the issues are, like, when it comes to the rental sector, is that, again, it's sort of a bias towards the first-time buyers. What's happening, what seems to be happening in some cases, is that tenants are getting eviction notice and their landlords are selling the property and it's leaving the rental sector and it's going to first-time buyers. Like, so if we had 17,500 purchases by first-time buyers in the last 12 months, we can imagine that some of those were previously rental properties that are now no longer available to rent. So the issue is... Not, not to favour one sector over the other, it's mm. to have more. And we need more social housing, we need more houses available for people to buy, and we need more houses for those to rent. And how that's done, it, like, probably doesn't matter a huge way, just that we see get it done. And, like, we have a problem with the economy in terms of it's performing so well that we don't have the workers. Like, if unemployment rate below 5%, and we can say, and the government will say, well, housing is the priority. But if, like, we're retrofitting houses, if we're building data mm. centres, if we're building pharmaceutical plants, they're all workers who are not available to go and build houses. If housing is our priority, maybe we need to step back and push back against those things just for a short period of time so we can ramp up what we think, what we're saying we need and what we need is more houses. Seamus Coffey, who is a lecturer in economics at University College Cork and Brian McCarthy, Socialist Party Councillor here in Cork City as well. Gentlemen, thank you both very much for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.